Welcome to another edition of the World Football Inside Podcast. We're recording this segment once again from Studio 5 at our headquarters in Atlanta. My name is Javier Monet, and I'm joined yet again by two great experts, two voices that hopefully by now you know very well and respect even more. I'm speaking of Gerard Ferrick and Aaron Bauer. Gentlemen, welcome. The World Cup in Russia is underway. This Thursday in Moscow, the host country trash Saudi Arabia 5-0 and Russia is now a party and of course Mr. Vladimir Putin is liking it. Why is it so important for any tournament to have the host make it to the next round of the World Cup? Gerard Ferrick. Uh, well, a couple of things. It, it keeps the excitement building in the home country because there may be a whole lot of uh, fans who are traveling from all across the world that come, but uh, the most people are going to be the people in the country and then the vibe is so much better when the uh, home side is actually getting a chance to move on in the tournament. Aaron? Yeah, I mean, you want an excitement level to, to remain palpable the entire time. Um, I think at the, the 2014 World Cup in Brazil, people just kept saying how great it was. Brazil was advancing. There, there was nervousness because there was an expectation of winning. But you, you get that party festive vibe that comes throughout the entire time when, when the team's in, in the tournament. So you don't want them to get out as soon as they can. Do you think there is a, there's a chance that this Russia team is going to make it to the next round, Mr. Ferrick? Uh, sure. They're playing in by far the weakest group. Uh, I think they will make it through to the next round. And, of course, winning 5-0 in your first game doesn't hurt, does it? Aaron? Yeah, I think the, the number of goal scores was more important than just winning itself. Russia was expected to win. Everyone knew they were going to win. Saudi Arabia put up a pathetic performance, basically ended their tournament in one game. Uh, I mean, we, you, like you said, Vladimir Putin is, is happy with the party. He, he was watching the game with MBS, the crown prince of... Saudi Arabia, I think MBS was telling Infantino to, to give him four subs at halftime to, to get that game over with, get his whole defense out of there. Of course. Well, let's go to item number two, which is Spain. That country has gone from a World Cup favorite to now being a big question mark after changing coaches 48 hours before starting their campaign against Portugal. Now, was it necessary to fire Julian Lopetegui for not keeping his boss at the Spanish Federation properly informed of his negotiations with Real Madrid, Mr. Ferrick? Oh, I think this is a case of ego over what actually is more important for the country. I think they could have easily kept him. He's been a fantastic coach for Spain. They haven't lost in the 20 games that he's been in charge. Um, you know what? keep them and then firing the minute they're out of the World Cup. I think Spain was one of those teams, like Gerard said, it was kind of a dark horse that could potentially win the whole tournament. And now that's cast completely in doubt and they haven't even kicked the ball off. So no, you, you can't fire a coach two days before the World Cup begins. What, what's that going to do to a team? You know, we talk about football being about the players, but the tactics and, and the dressing room matter just as much. When, when you don't have that cohesion and everyone on the same page, they're done. Yeah, <clears throat> but Julian kept on saying to his players, do not think about your club, do not think about your club. And then behind, uh, behind uh, everybody else, he was negotiating with the club, with Real Madrid. Is that acceptable? Well, I would say it's 
Is it acceptable? No, it's probably not the wisest thing to have done on his part. But at the same time, uh, you got to overlook that for the better of the country. If you want to have the best, the best result at the World Cup, and honestly, they are one of the favorites to win the World Cup. Uh, you put up, you put up with it. Now you know, forget it. And was he selfish in doing what he did? And uh, you know, I don't know how many other coaches have done similar things before, but. Uh, I can't believe there haven't been other coaches who've gone behind their employer's back and worked out deals. You know, it wouldn't be the first time. I think I'm safe in saying that. So I still think, you know, uh, sure, he give him a pass for the better of the country, for the better of the team, keep him around, and then, you know, let him have it after. I, I, going off that, why did Real Madrid have to make this announcement two days before the World Cup? Why couldn't they just wait to announce this after? Let me well, answer that, because yeah. otherwise Real Madrid would have been questioned for weeks on end about not having a coach. And that's not acceptable for a, a Champions League uh, trophy holder. That's the pressure. I guess so. I, th I think all, all the parties here really could have managed this whole affair better. I think it was unfair of the coach to let the Spanish Federation know two days or two hours before the announcement that he was leaving. I think all three parties could have coordinated and rolled this out successfully and not sunk the team's chances right before the World Cup. All right, let's then finally go to the uh, last item, which is that the current uh, Russia World Cup has somewhat obscure the fact that North America will organize the tournament in 2026. Anybody surprised about Wednesday's vote in FIFA? And I'm looking at you, Mr. Bauer. Yeah, I'm very surprised. I, I did not expect the vote to be as much of a landslide as it was. Um, I think even on a conference call yesterday, USSF President Carlos Cordero was surprised that they got as many votes as they did. I think the United bid had to be the favorite. I'm glad they won. I think they were the better bid. But 130 countries. I, I think a lot of them saw that their votes were going to be published, so they 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 jumped ship to the winning vote. So that political it, pressure. That's uh, what it's called. 100%. Mr. Trump. Transparency. All over this. Transparency. Not Mr. Trump was the end factor. <laughs> we're seeing tons of stories out now about why countries voted certain ways. Brazil is getting skewered at home because. Um, they voted for Morocco when CONMEBOL said they would vote for United. You have these kind of discrepancies. And, and Africa, uh, 11 countries split to go for United. The CAF boss, Ahmad Ahmad, is not happy. Traitors. And, and the, calling them out. And it's, they're publicly named, as they should be. What do you think? Uh, I, I, too, was surprised. I uh, was worried that it would be really, really close. And I wouldn't actually wouldn't have been surprised at the amount of anti-Trump uh, feelings the world over uh, that uh, they could have lost it and Morocco could have ended up with it. So to be that obvious, to be that just landslide, I was I was very shocked about that. And to, to Trump's credit, he did come out uh, late in the game and sent letters saying that he wouldn't keep anybody out from the, you know, there would be nobody blocked from coming to the tournament and should you know his policies of limiting immigration etc still be enforced by then but uh, anyway it, in the end the much better bid was the bid that won and as we all know and when it comes to FIFA that rarely happens so all right 
Well, thanks, gentlemen. Your insights are always appreciated. For those of you who listen, we like your loyalty, but expect you to follow us like you've been doing in our World Football Insider webpage and social media. This is Javier Monet. We will meet again very soon.